Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Yes, indeed, listeners. Welcome, one and all, to this international break special edition of Achtung Millwall. Well, I certainly hope you're enjoying our slightly different theme tune this week. It is a special edition, after all. My name is Nick Hart, and it is my privilege to be able to present the number one Millwall podcast for your delectation, your gratification, and I sincerely hope your satisfaction. Well, no Lions game to report on today, of course, but despair not, as we lay before you a veritable cornucopia of mill conversation in its stead. In part one of today's show, we have a review of the season so far with one of our favourite guests. Yes, he's the chap with the stats, it's Mr Craig Griffiths. And if that wasn't a dainty enough dish to set before you, we'll follow Craig with another very special listed line interview with our fan on the board, Yasser himself, Mr Peter Garston. Ladies and gentlemen, Achtung Mill is the house podcast of I Left My Heart at Coldblow Lane magazine. And I want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you who bought the most recent edition of the magazine, as well, of course, as our Remembrance Limited Edition badge. Sales of that badge alone generated a donation of over £500 to the Royal British Legion Poppy Appeal, and sales of the magazine produced separate donations of £350 to a charity called Sands, which assists families affected by the loss of a child. Additionally, we were able to make a very small contribution to the Appeal Fund set up by the House of Fund website to help the former Mill Supporters Club Chair Beverly Fenn, who, as many of you may know, has suffered a very sad bereavement recently, and who is in the thoughts of all of us who know her. Listeners, the purpose of both CBL Magazine and indeed this radio show is to give a voice to the real fans of Mill Football Club, but we need your support to carry on doing what we do. So why not buy a copy of CBO Magazine next time you see me standing on the corner at Zampa Road? Or indeed check out our, our t-shirt store, cblthemag.spreadshirt.co.uk. So next up on the show, Mr Craig Griffiths. Stay tuned. So welcome to today's show. Big welcome to Craig Griffiths. Welcome back, Craig. 
everybody. Thanks for coming on the show. This is um, International Break Weekend, which is like the modern equivalent of living death, isn't it? No football, apart from England yeah. and, you know, playing some nonsensical game against uh, a newly formed East European country or something. Yeah, it's usually to keep track to make sure uh, David Ford is still a world-class goalkeeper. <laughs> Whereas if we needed that proving. <laughs> so we're going to run over the story so far of the season and we're going to see what we make of um, Mill's current situation. Um, it's been a it's been an odd season in some respects. I'm, I'm not sure whether I should feel disappointed or not. I, I, I have a sense of disappointment, and yet I can't really give a, a logical reason why, Craig. Um, yeah, I think a lot of this boils down really to um, Holloway at the start of the season and everyone talking about promotion when really there was there was no need to do it. He shouldn't have bigged it up. There was a lot of stories that you can still see online where he said they're hoping for promotion, the aim is promotion and everything like that. And I think that was a step too far, even for Holloway. Um, and everyone got their expectations high. And then when the results started off being quite good, they thought it was realistic. Um, when it's not, it's still a squad very much in transition. Yeah, I mean, with with the benefit of hindsight, you're 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 one hundred percent correct. I mean, I I put my hand up as as the the kind of typical emotive fan, uh, and as I've written on our little list here, I've got sunny August, and it was a sunny August as we look back now. It was a, a bit of a golden month in some respects, wasn't it? We played five league games that that month, won three, drew one, and lost the the one against against Rotherham. But um, just looking at the you know the stats of that month, we were third in the table at the end of of August. So. You know, I, I think anyone could be forgiven for having giddy, giddy high hopes at the end of that month. It was a fantastic month to be a Millwall fan in some respects. It was. It was. Uh, we had the beating of Leeds, which is always good, but that's well, that usually happens anyway. But uh, that's always good. Um, uh, Ollie had his, you know, against his old team, which was quite nice to see them beat. But if you look back for last season, we got exactly the same results last season against the teams that we played. Um, including Rotherham, if you consider they were the oval yeah. of last season. Yeah. Um, so actually, we didn't change much, but but it was it was good. It was really encouraging. We played some good football, and we had a really settled squad. I think we made a total of uh, three changes over the first uh, five games in the squad, in the team. Now that's an in- um, interesting point. It almost takes us to the very heart of this whole show in some respects, and that, as I've put on our agenda, is Holloway's endless tinkering with with the side. Yeah, and the signs the, the, the signs were still there that we were this team in transition. We hadn't changed as much as we possibly thought. And for me, that's the game against Rotherham. Um, I think some people have said it on Hoff or elsewhere yeah. is that that we systematically cannot win the games we're meant to win. Yeah, we and I don't think we've been able to do it probably since um, and since the the latter days of Kenny Jacket. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's it's the games where we are expected to be um, so-called inferior opposition. I, I thought actually, as we look back now, Rotherham's game plan for that game was was pretty much perfect. I mean, they they played it hard and direct, as as once upon a time we would have done. Yeah, they defended well against us, playing our, our you know our, our patsy passing style. And and hit us hard on the break and got the goal that that, that won the game. Um, oh, for a Millwall team that would, would would you know could do that. So you know, as as you look back, that was the bit of the start of the rot in some respects because um, it leads us on into what I've called Black September. Yeah, um, I found <laughs> when I when I look back, I mean, when you gave me the stats on the results, it, it is an awful September. But uh, um, looking at the the statistics wise, Ipswich seems to be the turning point. I didn't go to Ipswich. 
Yeah. But I've read some reports, and by the sounds of it, it's it's a match in which Holloway was completely and tactically beaten. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it was outthought and yeah. um, outthought of an F and outthought of a TH. Um, yeah. Again, it almost set another pattern, the, the, the kind of endless cycle that we seem to have had this season of being in the game. We actually weren't that far off the pace at one point up at Ipswich. Mm. And then we went a goal down. From memory, I think it was on just short of half time, just looking at the, um, yeah, 45 minutes, McGoldrick scored for Ipswich. And that seemed to be the sucker punch that knocked us, you know, completely out of out of, out of our stride. And we never recovered from that. And the second half was like you just said, you know, a kind of a tactical masterclass for Ian Holloway. And I don't think we fully recovered from, from that blow either in, in, in many no, respects. definitely not in terms of after that game, uh, that's when this big tinkering started. Uh, so after the Ipswich game, we made five changes in each team yeah. uh, for the next three games. Yeah. <clears throat> so for, we made five changes for Reading, five changes for Forest, and then five changes for Huddersfield. So that's when that started. And it, it seems to be... It happened under Kenny Jacket uh, against Brendan Rodgers when Swansea came and comprehensively beat us yeah. 3-0 yeah. at the end of the season. And it seems to be this this sudden lack of confidence and all of a sudden Kenny tried to change things. He tried to go for the more footballing style approach and then that failed and he gave up and eventually left to him leaving. And, and Holloway seems to have... He didn't give up on his style, but he just thought he's got to stick with the style but change all his players all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and it's... It, it's it's not the direction we probably should have gone in. No, I mean the endless reshuffling. You know, as, as you say, it began then. It has. It still continues now, doesn't it? Where, <laughs> where we, you know, he will change a winning team. He will play players wildly out of position. Yeah. Sometimes enforced. I mean, we've seen Jimmy Abdu filling in at right back with some modicum of success against Forest, and then less so afterwards. Um, and it, it does seem that unless our backs are to the wall, unless you know we, we, we've given that two goal lead away. <laughs> unless we're playing with 10 men, we, we just don't seem to be able to calmly and logically think our way through the opposition's defensive strategy. No, and it, it, we don't seem to get up for the game unless we're behind, unless uh, we've got... It, it's it's like this whole thing of this, we need this underdog mentality in order to, to, to do anything. If we're, if we're meant to be playing well or meant to be beating the teams, then we suddenly sort of freeze, um, like against Rotherham... Um, you know, potentially against Birmingham uh, and, and 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 to some extent Huddersfield as well when they were, the position they were in when we played them. Yeah. So um, here's the thing. I mean, I, I I think that's actually a massive point you just made there. The underdog mentality. We're, we're Millwall fans. We we know that we're never going to be a, a Manchester United, a Bayern Munich with vast resources and and the ability to, you know, almost play a chess game of football. It almost isn't in our blood. Um, now many people don't like that idea. I don't think that Ian Holloway's fully reconciled to himself in some ways because I think he's also he's clearly an emotional manager. He's a man that lives on you know in, in the heat of the moment and he lives for these kind of um, as we've had in the last couple of games, slightly manic matches yeah. where you know all. all mayhem is on the brink of breaking loose and then he comes into his own but when he tries to play the kind of um i don't know the, the, the bobby fisher kind of idea that he's a chess player and can out maneuver the opposition he's not at home and i don't think the mill crowd are at home with that either no i i, I, I made a note uh, uh about uh holloway's style is that he he admits his mistakes yes, but he, he seems to make a lot of mistakes and he's uh, put a note here saying he's not Jose Mourinho, but he tries to make these eye-popping um, uh, 
tactical decisions in his team selections, you know, yeah. where Mourinho will put uh, a midfielder up front, up front and everyone go, oh, bloody hell, that's Jose Mourinho. It's, and always trying to do the same almost. Um, but he, what he doesn't realise is that we don't have players like uh, Andre Scherler. We have players like Richard Chaplow. Um, <laughs> I, I think it reminds me of some of a pub a pub band with ideas that they're Rolling Stones, you know, that somehow they exactly. can they, they're, they're playing some you know back back double in Lewisham or somewhere, but actually they should be backing up with Jagger on stage someplace. And I think this is this is it because you know genius is a word that's too often used in football, but Marino clearly his track record demonstrates he is on another another level. Yeah, and he is also the bar that everyone now aspires to because of his achievements. Achievements. Once Sir Alex Ferguson was in that position, now it's Jose Marino. And I think Holloway, like many of his peers, and I think Kenny Jacket fell foul of this, they 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 want to play like Jose Marino. They want to be Jose Marino in their mind, and they can't. Exactly. Who can? They, they are they are the equivalent of us in the park pretending <laughs> when we were kids to be you know Neil Harris, whoever. That's that's what they're doing. Um, but just I mean about the the underdog point, the last game I can recall where we were, for me at least, expected to win. Yep. Was an important game and we won. Was the Swindon playoff final? Yeah. We finished above yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. For me, we were that was the game we were expected to win. I was nervous because I wasn't sure if it was going to be sort of same old story, but we expected to win. We went there. We gave a professional performance. We did the job and closed out a one-nil game. Apart from that, if you look at towards the end of the season previously, we had a chance to go up automatically and it fell away when we yeah. drew to Yeovil and stuff like that. Yeah. And then every subsequent um, or, or previous season where we've got into the playoffs and maybe we were the best team um, in that in that four, we we just didn't perform. Um, and then the season we came up, obviously we were the underdog to everyone because it was a new season. Are we, I mean, we are we are the eternal underdogs, in my opinion, yes. Craig. I, I think that's that's who we are, and that's when yeah. we play at our best. You look at these the highlight games. I've picked out my. I'm leaping around the agenda a little bit, here, but I mean, for me, the golden match of the season so far was, was the away game at Fulham, where we're up against uh, the Fulham Giant, the Premier League club that's come yeah. down, and we we put in a professional performance. It was slightly nervy towards the end, but we clung on for that one nil win. That's almost classic Millwall because we weren't expected to get anything. In fact, we were almost expecting to get tonked there, weren't we? Absolutely. I mean, God forbid if we ever get into the Premier League, we might win it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'm laughing. It's clearly that's, that's, that in itself is a ludicrous idea. But, but you know, if you look back into into the past, um, and we go back to the golden age of 1988 when we did make it to the old First Division, and I accept that's not the Premier League. It's tw- you know, however many years ago, 25 plus years ago, more than that now, 30 years ago, isn't it? Um, but when we got up there, every game at home, in that initial adrenaline surge of when we first got promoted, was a cup tie, and we fed off it. And if you ask any Millwall fan when was the highlight of their lives in some respect, it's probably that, that short period when we surged at the top of the league and we actually started dreaming of winning the league at one point. It sounds mad when you say it back now. But, and, and, but it illustrates your point. If we ever did get into the Premier League... Every game would be like that. It would be a cup tie until we got exactly. found out and we started getting hammered, you know. Well, and then, then you get the second season syndrome <laughs> and you're not riding on the crest of the wave and, and all of a sudden we, we go from 10th to last and we... Do, yeah, so... I mean, we, we tightened up in October, moderate October I've got here. We've we've played four league games in October because of these cursed in, international breaks, won one and drawn three. And and those yeah. those are games including the, the you know, the kind of, um, I, I don't know if it was an iconic three-all draw, but it was certainly a dramatic three-all draw against Wolves. 
couple of nil nils at Derby and and uh, and uh, Wigan. Good performances. Yeah, the the put here in light of the recent Derby results, the draw was actually a, a bloody good result. Um, yeah, and I went up there for that one. We looked okay. We looked yeah. okay. Again, we we clung on. But, they, they had their chances, but you'd, you'd expect. But again, it's the team that's top of the table, and we yeah. performed our best. Um, Wolves again, again another team that's that's nearing that top, and we we pulled back three goals. That, you know, it's 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 interesting that you look at the the results of the season. It's it's always the tougher games that we seem to do well at. I mean, um, the Derby game is a very interesting. Because I actually picked it out in in in, in um, Coldblow Lane magazine this month. It's one of the games I picked out in one of, one of the pieces because <laughs> it almost illustrated the the championship in, in in quite stark terms. We've gone there. We've pulled off a good nil nil draw, in my opinion. We we, yeah. we we played well and clung on well and actually handled the whole situation, very, you know, very professionally. But then you look at the the crowd that day was twenty seven thousand seven hundred and forty nine, of whom five hundred were five hundred forty nine were Millwall fans, including myself. And that almost, in the, you know, in, in its way, that illustrates everything that we're up against here, because that's the kind of club that will probably either win the league or certainly be in the top two, top six. Yeah, and that's what we're up against, and it I mean, is it is incredibly hard, isn't it? I mean, we are we're playing in is it the fifth best supported league. In the, in, the, in the world. In the world. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's Millwall of South Bermondsey <laughs> is in the fifth best supported league in the world. I mean, yeah. that's... When you look at that and you look at, you know, the fact that we still can't break the £850,000 transfer fee. <laughs> From 1990. Exactly. I mean, that's... In, in saying that, you've got teams like Bournemouth, I know they've had a cash injection, or Brentford... Yeah, Brentford probably um, a better role who, model. Yeah, yeah, who who are, who are competing very well and have done it on a, on a very good base. I mean, I've, I've picked out the passing style. I know we've, we've we've all debated it probably a little bit to death on these shows over the course of the season, but it won't go away as a as an issue. I I I am caught between two stalls. I, I recognise the, the 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 benefit of keeping the ball. I mean, some of our possession statistics this season, even though we've lost the game. You know, if you're if you're claiming the ball for sixty percent of the match, then it makes it very hard for your opponents to defeat you. Although we have been defeated quite a few times with this, um, but yeah. then you know, if if you pump it forwards and get you know get the hair and scare them going, um, the old Millwall style, um, are we are we any better off with one or the other? I I I, I kind of make my mind up. I, I, I'm emotionally pulled towards the. I want Steve Morrison back, Craig. <laughs> well, I want to get the ball in there to Steve. <laughs> well, yeah. I know. The, problem, the problem is we, we've got this passing style and we don't play. We've got a 20-goal. I am convinced Gregory is a 20-goal-a-season striker. There, mm-hmm. there is nothing that I've seen that he doesn't do that other strikers who have scored 20 goals in this division do do, um, you know, from what yeah. I've seen play at the moment. He's he's got goals in him. He just needs time. He just needs games. And I made about Brentford style. Um, the passing style itself is fine. I, I I've no problems with it. But Brentford are way ahead of us in terms of development. Um, it's a hard truth. I know a lot of people are saying how can the league be? Team yeah, yeah. be ahead of us? But essentially, if you if you look at um, what Brentford have been doing, if you read Mike Calvin's most up to date book, the, the about the scouting, yeah, yeah. They have they have put together a system of of, of youth development um, where they have and it's it's what Holloway's doing, yeah. um, where they have basically brought a, a system of play through the youth squad. So every single team in that club plays the same way. 
Um, so they basically have plug-in and play youth players. Um, and what I think what Holloway's trying to do is focus on passing well before passing quickly. Because what you found with Brentford is they made incisive passes. They were they were really quick. They moved it very, very they fast. They moved it yeah. very quickly. And it's one thing I've been frustrated with um, at Reading um, and at Wolves at the start, uh, in, in the first half at least, is that we're so slow to move the ball. They're, 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 you know, yeah. we are moving it. We, we're keeping possession. But it's such a laborious process. We're doing two or three passes where uh, one or two passes would be okay. And um, we seem to go the long way around. And I know, you know, diagonal balls and direct balls, but there are, you know, we could make it quicker. Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, mean, that also raises another question on our agenda list of what's happened to the golden crop of youngsters. And we do have a fairly good-looking set of kids that are coming through. And and clearly you don't win anything with kids, as, as, as the cliche has it. But equally, one question I would like to ask Holloway, if we ever get him on our show, which I don't suppose we ever would, but is what's become of the kids? You know, I mean, we're playing all the old lags, as I put it in, in a, I think, in the previous show. And, you know, I'm just looking at the team lists here. The last kid, um, if we can call it, to start was Aidan O'Brien, and that's that's uh, away at Derby, actually. Um, otherwise, yeah, they're, he... com- they're coming off the bench, you know. Yeah, um, I think, I think, coming up... For the kids, coming off the bench is, is probably the, the way to do it. The problem I have, um, uh, so for the Reading game, for instance, yeah, Fred was played. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah. Was played in an unfair position. He was asked to do far too much in that game. I think that's where Holloway got his tactics wrong. Yeah. Um, and had a had a poor game because he was blowing out his ass by the end of the game, uh, by the by half time really, because he was doing uh, 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 an attacking and a, a, a left back role. Yeah. Um, because we were getting pulled apart. The problem we seem to have is that most of our decent youngsters play in midfield. And yeah. I think our midfield is our strongest group. Strongest suit, yeah. In, yeah. In, in, terms of, in terms of seniors, we've got McDonald, Wolford, Martin, uh, uh, Upson, Williams. Mm. All good players, yeah. Chaplow to an extent. I mean, Not so sure about him. <laughs> yeah, well, Jim, Jim, Jimmy can do a utility role. You know, yeah, he, can, yeah. he can do a job. Um, we had Bailey at some point. I don't think we'll see him ever again. Um, but we had all this crop of people and and when they are our best players in a match, who, which one will you kick out? Which Will you kick out Upson? Would you kick out Wolford? Wolford, I think, got unfairly dropped way back when, probably in that, in that Reading game um, and can't seem to get back into the team. See, I, th- I think Ian Holloway in his office has got like the old Wheel of Fortune wheel where he's just yes. spin it, spin it round, and and <laughs> as as the pictures go round, you know, it's like one last one, and it just turns at the last minute and takes Wolford out of the out of the game. And then comes Chaplow. I think that's his that's his managerial approach at the moment. Yeah, I, I, the other thing is that the kids should be brought to supplement a settled team. Yes, <laughs> that's that's how it's done. You you see it. In all, even in our past youth development, um, the kids came through, but a settled team. So they should displace one or two players at a time. It shouldn't be where a team's changing five players um, because footballers are creatures of habit. Mm. They And especially in uh, trying to introduce a new system, it's only going to happen if players play together regularly. You're only going to get those relationships um, and make those runs if they're playing regularly. I mean, I'm just looking at the team list at the moment for the season, and Ford is our only ever present in the league 
from uh, from the Leeds game back in August through to uh, the Brentford game last Saturday. So otherwise, yeah. for various reasons, and, and and clearly some have been forced. The loss of Carlos Edwards was massive, and yeah. also um, Wilkinson, um, the sending off was also massive because I thought he was a more than adequate replacement for Carlos. But otherwise, I think Williams may have. I think William has he missed a game? No, he's missed a game. Williams missed a game for no. the, the 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 end the the saving tackle uh, against Wolves. Yes, yeah, that's right. Straight yeah. red. Yeah. Um, and McDonald's been the ever present apart from the the Brentford game where he was dropped, it's so dropped. he could be rested to play for Australia this week. <laughs> so, which is which is nice of Holloway. I think that's nice. I mean, maybe he got a nice holiday out of it. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's it, these these are the things that um, I don't know. These these yeah. are the things that confuse, aren't they, for, about yeah. about the, his style. I mean, up front, obviously, Ricardo Fuller continues to do a job. I mean, he, he, I, I like Ricardo Fuller. I think he's a great player. Clearly, he's at the the kind of latter part of his of his of his uh, career now. Mm. But nevertheless, um, a great creative striker, if not a, a natural goal scorer. But I think he is one of our with with Gregory. He's actually joint top scorer with three goals. Yeah, he is. I mean, Gregory's certainly got those goals in fewer games, and I think offers. A bit more, actually. I think Fuller's got a, a very good head on his shoulders. Mm. I think he's very good at tired defences, much better at tired defences than he is probably for a full 90 minutes. Yeah, I'd agree um, with that. It, I mean, it illustrates something when, <clears throat> you know, our second behind the front two strikers, I mean, Fuller and Gregory, both starting strikers, you you would say, and then behind them, you've, you've got the sniffer Mark Beavers, you know, the, 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 goal, the goal king. The goal machine, The yeah. goal machine with two. <laughs> uh, and to a degree, Williams and, and Wolford, obviously, you'd expect to be in amongst it, and Williams to a degree. But, you know, the fact that Mark Beavers is in the second rank is speaks volumes for 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 the, you know for a lack of goal scoring bite this season, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. But I've I've said this about uh, Millwall for ages. We one we can't score when you've got a twenty goal striker on the bench, which is Gregory. He's he's not been playing whether that's through fitness or what. But even you know he had the game where he got the goal against Birmingham, which I thought was brilliant for him. Yeah, um, and he's gone from strength to strength, and you can see his ability. He's 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 right on the cusp of, of getting it. He's almost... Um, you saw Richard Sadlier just yeah. before he got the injury when he was just he starting to get it. He just he clicked. clicked. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Um, and the other thing with Gregory is that, you know, people, a lot of people say, we can't play with just Gregory up front, one man up front. Brentford did it with Andre Gray. And I don't see Andre Gray... He may, he's probably a bit quicker, but I, don't, I didn't see him doing anything again, anything, having anything extra that Gregory didn't have. Um, it's just that his support was much better. I think if we're asking Lee Gregory to win the balls in the air from you know from route one style or, or angled mm. route route one balls, I don't know what the expression for those would be, but um, then we're asking a lot out of him because he's, he's not the biggest, he's not the most physical striker. But if you're asking yeah. him to play as a, an intelligent striker, running onto balls and, and with movement, I think he's the ideal choice. And as you Absolutely. rightly say, he, he, he certainly looks to have the have the nous for it, doesn't he? Yeah, and in a passing side, which is what we're trying to be, we shouldn't be hitting long balls up to him anyway. So it, it goes with the style that Holloway's trying to create, and I don't know why he's not leaning towards uh, Gregory a bit more to try and influence that style of play. Um, like about players getting used to each other, Holloway's complained that um, Gregory's making runs and no one's passing to him. Well, you see after two or three games, Williams is now picking out balls yeah. for Gregory. Yeah. And But then he'll drop... Uh, he'll, he'll drop him for, for Fuller for the next game and, and stuff like that. It just... The, the guy can't 
can't get a habit together. He can't, you know, he just wants to score. But uh, in terms of Millwall and our lack of goals, I can't remember since Mark McGee's days mm. when we put teams to bed. No, 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 no. I, I, you're right. In the, in the clinical way, we we seem to exist on a diet of um, of adrenaline, don't we? I mean, yeah. unless we're clinging on with ten minutes to go, it's like it, like life has to be an eternal FA Cup semi final of two thousand four. You know, you've got to be clinging on for grim death. Yeah, even I mean, Kenny Jacket did quite well, but even some of those games, you were always you're always worried that if someone got a goal, <laughs> that that was potentially it. We could never, we always had times where it was a bit tetchy, even a 2-0, you know, if they got a goal, oh, maybe they were in for it. And, and we're just not clinical. We've, we've. I remember under Jacket, even te- partly under Lomas, we would create these chances and just, we couldn't, we couldn't put them away. No. Um, and that seems to be a chronic with a, with a Millwall team. I'm just looking at Ian Holloway's transfer dealings this this season, just looking at soccer base here, and mm. I think it's hard to argue with the players in. I mean, we've got Byron Webster, Ricardo Fuller, clearly we've spoken about. Maguire Gay, I think probably the jury is still a little bit out. I, I like him. I think he's got the X factor, but clearly there's work still to be done with Maguire Gay. Um, and Matthew Briggs, again, I, I, I like, but the, the you know the kind of gentleman of the jury around me and the West Upper the other day were using him as a, as a bit of a scapegoat. But I, I can't argue with any of those players in, can you, Craig? No, I mean, um, Briggs, I think, is uh, an unfortunate uh, victim of the modern-day fullback. Mm. Um, you're not going to get the, the, the players like Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole, I think, is the last of the, of the old, you know, where he could properly defend yeah. and just happened to have some pace on him so he'd bomb he forward. could get forward, yeah. Yeah, um, Briggs is kind of a... Uh, a guy who turned up said, "I want to be a midfielder," and they said, "Can you tackle? Because you're probably not good enough to be a midfielder, so we're going to put you in the back." Um, so, but I don't think he's necessarily a bad player. No, no I, um, I don't mind him. I mean, clearly up against Scott Malone, you, if Scott's on form, then probably you'd always choose Malone over Briggs. But um, as, as, a, as a fallback and as a second kind of choice, I, I, I don't really see a problem with him. I, ju- I just think he falls into this classic Mill role of being somebody you can point the finger at and shout at because the team generally is not playing up to par. Yeah, and, and it's again, it's again with relationships. You, if he doesn't have that person in front of him constantly, whether it be Wolford, whether it be O'Brien, whether it be Fred, whether it be Malone, even if if they decide to move Malone up to sort of like in a more attacking midfield role, um, unless he gets that, he's always going to have that situation where he'll bomb forward, expecting the person in front of him to maybe sit back, uh, but they're just not used to playing with each other, so. You know. Yeah, I mean, the, the players loaned in. I'm just looking at here. Andy Wilkinson, I, I like. I mean, sadly, yeah. he's, he's um, suspended for the moment, but um, hopefully we'll get him back for the Middlesbrough game. The only question mark I'd have, I suppose, would be Matthias Renegu, who hasn't impressed me at all. Um, I, I can see the potential of the man, but he just doesn't seem to have that spark or, or, or the interest required for somebody playing in that role. And set him against Ricardo Fuller, for example, he, he's, a, he's a pale comparison. Yeah, I've got no problem with tall, tall, uh, lanky strikers that that don't necessarily look any good. Mm. Um, but he just doesn't seem to move. And I remember um, uh, Charlton's manager on his first game against Crystal Palace. He he was tall, he was lanky. Everyone said, "What the fuck is going on here?" Mm. But he bombed down and scored an 88th minute goal. So the man's a legend. It will get a very warm welcome. He's for that. Yeah. Le- he's a legendary um, figure at the den. So, and, but Renegi just doesn't have it. And you know, no. he had a point blank header for some. And this is someone who apparently on 
uh, news at Den when he first signed said he's trying to get into the Swedish squad alongside Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, and he couldn't put a ball in from two yards out. So I, I don't know how that's going to happen. The only other thing I've put down is uh, Angel Martinez, the Spanish oh. Thierry Racon. <laughs> oh, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, he signed for um, us. Who I think is is actually uh, been signed to replace Zampa. Um, <laughs> He's working those plastic ball things that on half time, you know, where the kids. Yeah. Up. I think he might have punctured that one. He's got, he's got to get it fixed now. I mean, that, that's that's a bizarre signing, isn't it? That that is that is something that defies, um, you know, credibility in some ways. You've got the two sides of Ian Holloway with it. You've got uh, his signings have been. You've got great signings like Williams, Upson, Webster. I think arguably be, could could be a great signing. Gregory, hmm. um, and then you've got stuff like Renigi and Martinez, which is this. These kind of the, the potentials. Wacky, well, well they... it's just this sort of he, he he goes for a punt. Except we're not <laughs> we're not in a situation when we've got when you've got John Berylson saying we've got a massive squad that's costing us too much money. Yeah. We're not in a situation where we can really go for a punt. And like you said, especially when we've got youngsters like uh, O'Brien and Fred who can both play that. I'm guessing that left wing position that Martinez was bought yeah. for. Yeah. Um, you know and. Just people like maybe Alfie Pavey to play up front. Yeah, um, no, I, I've, I've never seen Angel Martinez, so I can't say what kind of you know what player, what kind of star player. Is. I don't think you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I mean, we're coming up to an interesting part of the, of the year. Really, we've got the Christmas period, which is always a critical time in any any league campaign, and then we've got the post Christmas transfer window that opens up. So I'm I'm just looking down the list of players that have been punted out by um, by Holloway. And I can't really argue with any of the players that have left the club. I mean. Liam Trotter obviously was, was, was you know, he'd lost his flavour some years ago at, at the club. And you're looking at Liam Feeney, same as Jack Smith, who was around forever, Lowry, Keogh, Simeon Jackson was another, you know, non entity in, in many respects. Loaned out this season, we've got Josh Wright and, 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 uh, and, and Robbo perhaps is the only one that um, you'd say there's a question mark over. Apart from that, I can't really query any of those players that have been released or sent out from the club. No, not at all, Justin Hoyt. I mean, that's that's the other thing that, um, yeah, Justin, <laughs> Justin, Justin, Hoyt, Justin he, time, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's got his flats being taken up by Angel Martinez <laughs> in the uh, Thierry Racon wing of. Uh, so in terms of in terms of, I mean, it, it's a mixed bag, isn't it? I mean, you're right about um, these these kind of wacko kind of signings, and, and Martinez probably is the classic example of that. But in terms of getting shot of dead wood, I mean, all of those players um, rob are apart to the only one I, I like for, for his leadership skills albeit some mm. would say he's probably finished at championship level but otherwise no it's Deadwood that needed to go um, and I can't argue with that I, I, I find him an intriguing character Ian Holloway and I'm never sure whether I believe in him or not I'm not sure how I'd react to him if I worked for him I always ask myself these questions how would I react to you telling me what to do and I'm not sure that I would take too kindly to him He's he's got the players fighting which is what people wanted. He so does. we don't, we don't, we go down three 0 still, but we come back. Yeah, through know, <laughs> so, his through his errors and mishaps yeah. that he admits to afterwards. Um, yeah. In terms of his ability of a, as a coach, um, if you Scott McDonald for me is the prime example of how good Holloway is as a coach and how his vision um, can can affect and, and and has so much potential. Yeah. Um, Scott McDonald came in. Pretty much, probably disinterested. Didn't want to play anywhere but up front. 
Lomas had him playing left wing or whatever, but he left um, left Middlesbrough because he was playing, I guess, in the position he is now. Yeah. Holloway comes along and he's a different man. Probably our best player of the season so far. He's played every minute bar however many he was left out for Brentford. Um, 45. No, it was about 50, 50 55 minutes or something. Yeah. Like. And so um, everyone else recognised he should have started apart from one man on the on the, well, the sideline, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that for me, and and the signing of Williams, and he said Williams has got a wonderful left foot. I want him to play that sort of uh, that sort of quarterback type role. Yeah. Um, that he'd had in all his previous teams, um, and Williams is very much becoming that that man. And probably, uh, I'm, I'd be worried if we don't start going upwards in the next year and a half um, that we will lose him. Who's your um, player of the season so far? Would you make Williams your player of the season so far, Craig? I'd, I'd Actually, I'd put McDonald's my player of the season. Okay. Um, I think he's, 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 he's made a real turnaround. His effort is, is tireless, mm. um, considering he's one of the older members of the squad um, and we're doing this rotation uh, apparently, because all our players are, are going to be too tired. Yet he played every minute, bar for thirty-five minutes, and is still running around more than than everyone else. Um, the only bad point about him is he doesn't score enough goals for the position he's in. This this tiredness business fascinates me because I, mean, I was reading it's off off Millwall, but I was reading about Pochettino, the uh, Spurs manager, who has brought in a, a, a double a continental style double training regime. So you train in the morning, you train in the afternoon, which is yeah. is is, a, is the norm, um, you know, in, in in most advanced football countries, apart from this one, where I think the afternoon is reserved for going to the bookmakers or nowadays internet gaming or Nando's or something, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, it intrigues me that. That's the, accepted as the normality abroad, and uh, Pochettino's Argentine, so I guess it's the same culture out there. Um, but our players seem to get tired on less than that, and it, you, you do question whether it's a cultural thing. I don't know, but, but we do seem to not be able to physically match fitness-wise foreign players in many respects. Well, I, I, I think it, for me that the, the statement I made about rotating to save players, I think it was crap. It's the only thing I would definitely... Don't beat around, around a bush. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing I'll definitely... Like, I respect him as manager, and I wouldn't try and presume to have any more experience than him in, in various aspects of football, but his arguments start becoming more and more inconsistent with this rotation crap, mm, mm. basically. Um, for instance, we've, we've uh, dropped our player who's played 90 minutes throughout the whole season, one of our oldest players, um, and then it was a mistake. Mm despite the fact that him being the oldest, one of the oldest players, playing every minute, playing in a position where he's running around every, you know, pretty much for most of the game. Mm. Um, but suddenly he's not as prone to injury as, you know, uh, Martin Wolford. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, or, you know, it just, it, it baffles me. And then you see today on News at Den that we're having a uh, friendly against QPR this week to bump players' fitness up. Yeah. No, um, you're right. It's, it's bollocks based. I mean, the, the whole kind of modern trend for rotation arose as a result of the the Premier League and then the European Champions League and the the demands that are placed because you want to win them both, preferably if you're at the very top table. Yeah. You know, this is not Millwall. <laughs> you know, no. kind of League One stroke bottom half of the of the Championship club, is it? I mean, it, it, there the 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 logic and the consistency becomes the overriding factor, I would think, because that's that's been missing from the bulk of this season, and we see the results. Of that, I feel. 
Yeah, the only team that I think had an effective rotation system was the, the I can't remember if it was Julio or Benitez, where they won four trophies. They were playing four different cup competitions throughout the season, and yeah. they won four tro- And that that is an argument for a rotation of a squad. Um, but you'll, you'll rotate probably based on the competition, whereas, you know, you see it with Burnley last year. They played as consistently as possible with as consistent a team as possible and had luck through the fact that they didn't have enough injuries. So the fact that they had a small squad um, wasn't, they weren't punished for. Mm. And sometimes that's the punt you've got to take. Um, I mean, as we speak, we are, it's, it's the, the international break weekend as we're doing this podcast. We're 18th in the table, won four, drawn six, lost seven. Uh, conceded 24 goals to, to get to this point, 18 points. What's your realistic... Where do you think we'll realistically finish, Craig? Even during that bad patch, yeah, um, I would have said that we would be comfortably sort of mid-table, have no risk of relegation mm. or anything like that. However, um, the two teams that I thought were definite on the way down have since replaced their managers... Um, which would be Bolton and Birmingham. Bolton and Birmingham. And Wigan also have sacked um, Uwe we, Ross, we, I'm, I'm just yeah. looking at as, as we're speaking. So, um, And we're now looking at being two points off of the 23rd position. Yeah. Realistically, where I think we could get to is mid-table, sort of um, 14th, 15th. But I do worry that unless we get a settled side that we play week in, week out, maybe bring the answers in every now and again and get Gregory playing either with or without Fuller, um, then I do fear that we might be in a bit of a scrap again. Yeah, no, I I would agree. One one, th- I mean, if if it does come to a scrap, one thing I will say is that the, the squad we touched on this earlier on have shown some real metal, some real fight in tight situations. Preferably, we don't want to keep on finding ourselves in you know these backs to the wall situations. But if we do, they do seem to have enough about them to to scrap for it. But I, I think you're right. I, you, you look at the, the the Cubs beneath us, and it's increasingly hard, apart from Blackpool, to see the weak links. And increasingly, we're starting to look like that weak link because of this endless tinkering that we've we've suffered. Of yeah, late. I mean, every team below us, bar two, uh, are ex Premiership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know that's pretty much most of the championship is now ex-Premier League, but to think, and by ex-Premier League, I mean two seasons ago, three seasons ago, were in the Premier League. So these these ones are on, you know, coming to the end of their parachute payments, but that's these are the teams below us in the table. That's That's the sort of money we're competing against below us. Let's close um, out this piece, um, Craig, with you and me. We'll, we'll pick our ideal... First choice eleven injuries allowing and you know all things being equal and, and everything else but I mean clearly Ford in goal that's that's for starters who would be essential defenders of choice who would you go with um, I'd probably uh, go for Webster and Beavers just from what I've seen I haven't seen enough of, of, of Webster I don't mm. think um, but what I have seen I think I think he's a I think he's a, a tidy player. Uh, so I think they'd be my my central pairing. For, I, I would for, agree for, with for that for a standard for yeah. a standard game. Um, Webster, yeah. Webster has has some footballing technique, uh, and Beavers we we know about. He's, he's um, you know I think the only thing that pairing possibly lacks, arguably, is is the leadership of a of a, of a Danny Shitu. Yeah, and that kind of um, fire in the belly of, of, of the, the Duns and the Shitus that they bring. But if that can be found in, in by you know by, by some of a method, then Beavers and Webster probably are the best footballing central pairing that we have. 
Um, so either side of them, we've got. Um, I'm, I'd, I'd choose Malone on the, on the left. Would you go with Malone or? Yeah, yeah. As I'd your go, first I'd choice. Go with Malone on the left. Um, and then on the right, um, Wilkinson. If he's when, 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 if we can keep hold of him past the the Christmas period, um, much remains to be seen on that front. If, if Wilkinson's not around, then we're down to Alan Dunn quite quickly, and that is a problem, I feel, because Dunny sadly does get targeted for pace and and, and you know tricky wingers coming at him. So um, that's a right. The right back is a is a problematic position. Yeah, out of interest, if you had the option, would you go for Edwards or Wilkinson? Personally, a fit Edwards beats a, a, a beats Wilkinson in for me. Um, whether that's the footballing decision, whether that's just the emotional reaction of a, of a player that I really like and admired, I, I don't know. But I, I felt that Carlos Edwards gave us um, good defensive technique and the ability to to go forward. A little bit like the Andy uh, Ashley Cole that you touched on earlier. Yeah. On. He gave us a bit of that, you know, um, albeit at a championship level. So if, if there was a choice and we had to make it, I would go with Edwards, but clearly that's he's, he's out for the season, possibly for yeah. a career now. And Sadly, I think that's probably going to be the truth of it. I think he's he's putting his insurance policy in by doing the coaching uh, yeah. coaching badges. In front of in front of defence, Williams, I think, is a, is a shoe-in. I don't think anyone would um, not, not play Williams. Who would you have a lot, uh, alongside him? Uh, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ed, um, Ed Upson always impresses me whenever I've seen him play. I think I think they've got a great partnership. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't separate uh, Ed Upson um, and uh, Williams unless it was through injury or suspension. I, no. I, I think that's just you've got to build your team around uh, these things and 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 have these sort of consistent relationships. So yeah, Upson and Williams would be my my middle you know, middle pair. And then the, then the three in front of those two would be I, I'd guess uh, Lee Martin. Um, take your pick, I suppose. I, I like Wolford. Every time I've seen Wolford play, gives you gives you plenty, and I, I, I like him. Um, otherwise, I suppose it's it, it's Gregory. I suppose in, in in that three, I suppose you'd play probably play him in that spot if you're going to stick with his formation, wouldn't you? Um, or if you push him forwards, Craig, and go. I'd have him. I'd have him up top. I wouldn't. I'd for me, Fuller was, is is a is a 
would be a great coach in terms of training for youngsters and Gregory, mm. but I'd have him as an impact sub in terms of games. I'm forgetting um, Scott McDonald in there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm missing I, that Scott McDonald. Yeah, I'd have McDonald, uh, Martin, and then yes, probably Wolford on the balance of particularly he was was he a top goal scorer last season? You know, he gives us something. Yeah, um, he's he's never really done much to deserve being dropped, Wolford. He no. just seems to be dropped. He seems, um, to, he seems to be the scapegoat of, of choice for, for Ian Holloway. A bit yeah. like the crowd sort out Matthew Briggs, so Holloway sorts out Martin Wolford, it seems. Um, and then, I suppose, Fuller coming off the bench then, in that case, um, if we're playing Gregory up, up, at, up at the front. Yeah, I'd have a bench of youngsters as well. I'd have, I'd have uh, Jack Powell ready to come on for, for, for Upson, um, as opposed to Richard Chaplow, for instance. Um, Fred... To, to take over for any of the wingers and Aidan O'Brien for, for Scott McDonald, you know, just to have that option of youth yeah. there and, and to bring them in every now and again. The fresh legs and the, and the kind of um, the lack of fear that the kids bring with them. Exactly. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Craig. That's, that's, that's this section of the show completed. We look forward with hope, um, if not expectation, to the Charlton game. And then it's uh, Bournemouth away at the end of the month, which I think will be a very tough fixture from, uh, from what we've seen so far this season. But we, we we live in hope. Um, great talking to you, Craig. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm hoping by the end of the season we'll have seen uh, Angel Martinez uh, on the pitch. I'm just looking at the BBC site and looking at the squad. And Mar- Martinez has got a little shirt marker there. Yeah, it's got, yeah, got, got no number. number. <laughs> 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 Maybe <laughs> Stuza said he's selling he's selling the hot dogs <laughs> yeah. at the New York deli stand inside yeah. the ground. We should get him to sell a CBL. I bet he'd love it. <laughs> There's an idea. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages with our listed line this month which is a, a very special one with our fan on the board Mr Peter Garston stay tuned no one never read no match day magazine no one likes us on TLR neither are those things or CBL a magazine. CBL magazine's the best Millwall fanzine around. Just too quick. It's on sale before every home game. TBL. A magazine. TBL. A magazine. And gentlemen, CBL has left the building. Okay, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Lions uh, Listed Lion, a very special Listed Lion this time around. It's our fan on the board, Peter Garston. Welcome to the show, Pete. Hi, Nick. Nice, nice to be on here. Thanks. Fine, for, thanks. Fine. <laughs> 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 I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> you are our Listed Lion, deservedly so, rightly so. Um, like I said, leading into this, Pete, you're fan on the board, but I actually want to get away from talking about being fan on the board for once because I think that... Yeah. Um, that's great. <laughs> that's great, yeah. Um, I want to talk about Peter Garston, the Millwall supporter. Um, and I think a lot of people, especially given that you've only just had the, the re-election this year, um, and congratulations on that, by the way. I, I, like I said many times, the right man got voted in the first time and, and remains in place now. Um, but I think a lot of people forget that you're a Millwall fan and were a Millwall fan for many, many years prior to becoming a fan on the board. So, um, hence my inviting you on as listed line for this 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 show, mate. 
So we're going to go through our, our 12 questions that we got here. Um, name, obviously, Peter Garson. But you're non de plume. Now, you're known online as Yasser. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a, a man, uh, I strongly believe in, mo in people with, with a strong, strong sort of moral code, strong uh, tenacity, fibre. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, even if you don't agree with their politics or whatever they're standing for, I really have a lot of time for people that will put their head above the parapet and go, well, actually, I believe it. It's like, I suppose one thing I can say, it's like the, the, the Irish kid who won't wear the poppy, which I totally, totally think is disgusting. Yeah. But he's put his head above the parapet and he's doing it. And, and that's the sort of thing I mean. I, I think it's terrible, disgusting. But nevertheless, the man is standing by his views, which I think are totally wrong. But nevertheless, at least he's got the balls to do it. That's with Yasser. Yasser Arafat, I, I have a great liking for because, I mean, I studied him a lot um, in my early years. Yeah. And the man gave his life away for his cause that he believed in. Whether you believe in what he did or not, he put his life on the line and he'd give up. He wouldn't get married and loads of things like that because he believed totally. And not many people will commit to it. It's like the Jehovah's, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses. They totally believe in what they're saying. Yeah. You know, and not a lot of, a lot of people are whimsy or flimsy around stuff, but these people are not. like. So that's really... That's interesting. I've I, 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 I read online, I think you've kind of mentioned it a little bit online in the past, and I've never really spoken to you about it. And I know what you mean. I mean, just going back to the Wigan player, you know, like yourself, I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a proud wearer of the poppy and I, I, I hold dear what it stands for. But you do have to, whether you like it or not, you do have to have a certain admiration for someone willing to take the crap that's going to come their way as a consequence. I mean, if he wasn't getting paid by us, he's taking the, he's taking the uh, Queen shilling. Yes. He's got the yeah. on it. <laughs> 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 so I don't know how much he is up for. You. I mean, maybe it'd be terminated. Well, don't pay me in that. I want to be paid in... No. Or, or maybe he wants to go and play in the, the Irish uh, Irish League, which don't pay hardly anything. But anyway, that's that's a different subject. Um, now, you also once known as Golden Hill online as well. I think back in the past on on a well, diff different forum. Um, yeah, that's my idol. The nineteen seventies Golden Hill, one of the most fantastically skilled players I've ever seen in, in my right, time. Yeah. I heard he could turn on a sixpence. Oh, Jeff Burnish told me he said he could turn on a sixpence and land the ball on a sixpence. But he didn't have a brain in his head. That's what he told me. <laughs> well, he's all, he also regularly applies to be Millwall manager whenever we sack someone, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this was, um, I don't know how true this one was, but I, I understand that we're, we, we, you get a lot of all sorts of apply. Yeah. Obviously, it's whittled down to the ones that are serious contenders. And I understand that, well, I don't understand, I know. <laughs> Supposedly, he wrote a letter and he said that. Uh, He'd be in Heathrow on a Thursday at 12 o'clock if we wanted to go and see him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, coach is in the US, but I don't think he's got any managerial experience out there. But you've got to admire his pluck and his, his, you know, his, his willingness to I take it. He, he did manage someone up north. Did he? He did, yeah, oh. Telford or something. Like, like one of them little, I can't yeah. remember, but one of them nor northern teams, yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of just outside the league. Age, occupation, and where you live in very most broad terms. You're 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 South London boy by by. Uh, I'm 53. I, I'm, I, I originally come. I was born in Dulwich on Dock Hill in the flats. Right, I was born right. In one of the flats opposite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dock Um I, I currently live in Beckenham. Um, I, I spent most of my life in the Wharf Road. I'm what you call a roader. My occupation. I, I, I work for um, a company that underneath London there's a network of tunnels. Yes, there are. And yeah. Uh, we maintain the tunnels 
and it's a family business that uh, my, my wife's father and I've worked for about eight or nine years now. Yeah. And we make sure that the people can go and work safely and we, we run a lot of cabling. It's mainly for the utility companies, UK Power Network, yeah. that we do the work. Yeah. And we, we sort of, we, we do, it's quite an important, very niche market job. Um, and I, I'm the business director and I, I'm the director of the training side of things as well. You don't get paid for being thrown on the board, obviously. <laughs> no, I don't. No. But, I mean, I, I know it's a bit of a tough subject. But, um, we weren't going to talk about that, Peter. <laughs> no, we weren't. No. no, I don't get paid for it. Um, no, I know. But you I don't. do. You know what I mean? I mean, I do in so many ways. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, getting out of getting out of the car and Neil Harris going all right, Pete. I mean, yeah, that that does me for the rest of my life, really. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being, right, I'm being, being facetious. No, 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 no. But I think people do need to know that I don't get paid. I mean, they all thrown at me. You know, yeah, like that yeah. they bought the car and they did. <laughs> oh, I mean, some of the stuff that I've read online. I mean, it's totally, oh, mate. totally unfair and totally over the top. But then that's 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 people for you, isn't well, it? Well, I'm I, going back to the early thing about the yash and where, but oh. I, I have to know in my own self that I'm doing things. Right. I've never took a tanner off the club. No. I've never, I've never put in for an expense, you know, ever. No. And the only thing is that should, should there ever, should there ever be another election, <laughs> I don't know if I've, I've, I've set up um, a precedent because obviously some people can't, might not be able to do that. Some people might need to. Mm. I don't think they should be funded by the, the MSC or something like that. If, if it's, I mean, it's only silly things like phone calls and yeah, yeah, bits and bobs, yeah. you know. But anyway, yeah. let's get away from there. What was your first ever Millwall game, Pete? What was your first match you ever well, played? I've got, I can't remember the team, but it was 69-70, there or thereabouts. And I, I come from a, a very dysfunctional uh, background. And I sort of, I didn't have my dad and right. I had an absent mother and uh, I lived in a house where people looked after me. It's quite strange upbringing. And I went to school, at, um, I lived in Nuned at the time yeah. and uh, went to Ivydale School. And there was a boy there called Martin Wright. And, and, and one day he, he said, we'll go football. Now, this was um, Ivydale Road, I don't know if you know it, but we walked from Ivydale Road right. all the way through to Nunhead Station, up <laughs> Pomeroy Street, yeah? <laughs> then we got to the, we got to the, now he was probably, I was probably eight or nine and he was probably a year or two older than me. Yeah. We got to the ambulance station. Yeah. And then it had all barbed wire up and he went, right, we've got to climb across this now. <laughs> And I absolutely pooed myself. So we went there, we came up, and I thought, oh, my God. And then, obviously, we turned left down that little alleyway, and then we turned right. Yeah. And we're walking along, and at the time, there was all shops on the right-hand side in the 70s. Yes, yes, there was yeah. Like a yeah. little path. Yeah, And, do, and yeah. people used to wear white butcher's coats with Millwall lions painted on the back. Blimey, yeah, you're going back there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and Dr. Martin Boots. And outside one of the catches, loads of bikes and all that. So me and Martin crossed the road, walked on the other side, rode past it, and then crossed back. <laughs> and then we 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 come, we got in, we went to down the, the Eldon Road end, and there's a li- there was a little bit we climbed through the the bamboo, you know, like in the yeah, car, like yeah, the yeah, bamboo. Yeah. And that I always, I don't know how true the story is, but I always make it up that. When the away fans used to get attacked through them, that's where the word, where the bushwhackers come from, because they come through the bushes. Um, anyway, I got to the little bridge bit, and then we went up uh, around the bridge, sort of on the way to Jews Hill, and, yeah. and then we dropped in, dropped into the ground, and uh, we then walked across the uh, halfway up through the hill, like round the left of the Elderton, crossed the halfway, and then we went into the Cold Blow Lane, and behind it, 
and there was a fight. There was a big, like all the fans were fighting, <laughs> and I loved it. And because of <laughs> because of my and it weren't it weren't the the violent side of things. It, it was because I I didn't have a sort of family. No. I felt part of something for the first time in my life. And that's why people don't understand what Mill means to me. No one will ever know because of that background that that, that, that day I'll become part of something that was to never let me down. Mill will never let me down. A part of a community. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. They've always been there. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. been there for me. And, and I saw that. And, and then the next week, I found out, I don't know how I found out and all that, but the next week I got... Um, but where I lived, I got a, a bus. I think I got a P3, then I got a 36. <laughs> and I, I had to, you come up past the, what's the pub? You, you come up near, just near the end of the old Kent Road and the yeah. bus going around the corner, you had to quickly jump off to go around the side streets. To, yeah. And then I went on my own. And then, then, I, then I mean, by 74-5, you know, I went to Man United away. You, you, you know, I was each because I was sort of was a bit of a, Tear away, in a yeah. bit of a, I don't mean to tear away in a way of, of bad. I'm, well, I mean, because well, I know you yeah, know, no. to get me money all different ways. And yeah, yeah. Me and a couple of kids, uh, Peter Townsend and Ian Tatnell and Johnny Davis. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd get there, we'd hitchhike, we'd get there anyway. Somehow we'd get there. Cause yeah. It was our one thing to do, yeah. Different world, Pete, isn't it? When you, when, you know, listening back to you talking there, and I, you know, I'd started going, what, 1972. And I think back to my memories and impressions. First time I saw Millwall, it's just a different, different universe, no, really. Isn't never it? Like, 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 and I don't know if I'll get arrested for this one. But, um, <laughs> we'll leave that in then, won't we? <laughs> we, go, we? When we used to go to the away games, like, because I, I was pretty little, it used to be like all like Harry the dog and all, all that lot, and there'd be yeah. us lot with, with the little kids sort of looking up to them as such. Yeah. Um, um, we played Notts County away one year, and and sort they used to shut the the buffets on the train and it was just a roller shutter and one day they lifted the roller shutter and stuck me under <laughs> to hand out all the thing and I've got under and as they've shouted police and all run off and shut the, shut the thing so I'm stuck in the I'm in the catering car I'm, I'm stuck in the buffet car which is empty by now <laughs> And when when we got this was coming back, I think it was coming not County. When we come back, we've got off the train, right? And the police and then want to know what's happened. And you could hear like all people walking down with you could hear chink, 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 because they had all the miniature bottles of things in their socks. <laughs> so I mean that wouldn't happen now. I, no, some of the times no. I had at Mill some of the greatest times of my life. You know, <laughs> great time of my life. Cold blow lane man. Well, what I used to do when I first started going, I used to go to CBL and yeah. do all the singing and all the jumping up and down, and yeah. Harry Roberts is our friend, all that lot. Yeah. And and then at half time, we used to go up the Eildon Road. Yes. But when, yeah. when, because it was a mass, I don't know if you remember, it was like a mass at half time, it was like a mass exodus. Man, the other end. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So a lot of people in Coldblow would go to the halfway line to, for the people that used to do the singing and that. Yeah. But then when I got a little bit older, I, I, I always, at the old ground, I always used to go at the bottom of the halfway line and depending what way we were kicking at half time the same thing would happen we'd move move around yeah yeah but Bobby Owls Scott Gerald the Flarties it was a lovely little you know like the the, the, the camaraderie and the yeah, yeah. The, the, the words that used to come out you know like the wit the wit of the Millwall fan is unbelievable well this is something I think that is unbelievable you know, yeah I mean you know if ever you talk to anyone about Cold Blow Lane and the experience it is that biting Ability to kind of just cut straight through a player. Oh, you, 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 you kid. I mean, I mean, I think the one that got done, God rest his soul, because he's passed away now. I know yeah. that 
was that Paul Birch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he got just, slaughtered. He just got it. Yeah, it was a whole stadium uh, on his case because he, he had like a blonde perm as, as the style. Oh, they give it to him. Blonde but, perm, style I, of the time, you know, um, but he got slaughtered. But I remember, I mean, the, the players can do it as well because I remember one of our, we, was, we played Cardiff away. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, but... Um, yeah. And he was playing for us, uh, Roberts, Andy Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would, I was sort of, I think we was on a corner or something like that, fans on one side, we was the other, and the bloke started... One of their fans started giving him, you fat B, you this, you that. And <laughs> Robert's done no more. He turned around, he went, I play football for a living. What do you do? And just then took the phone in. Which I thought, cut it down. Stop doing his tricks. that is it with, you know, like the, the banter. And I, but I think it's, banter's great, I do. But I do, I mean, what I hear now sometimes is just not nice. You know, it's different. There is a, I think there's a difference between banter and, and not nice. I think there is. Been. I mean, my my abiding memory of Cold Blow Lane would always be Tony Norman, who played for uh, for Sunderland. Yeah, didn't yeah. He? I remember him. And he a goalkeeper for younger listeners, and he he accidentally clearly punched a, a cross into uh, it was on goal, wasn't it? I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah. But he, he punched it in, and then for the rest of the game, this must have been I can't remember what part of the game must have been in the second half, but there was the rest of the game was just the, the whole dancing and we love you, Norman. We do and the variations on one yeah, yeah. one Tony Norman. You name every every song that, that, that they get. We love you, Norman. We do. I mean, it was just it was just fantastic. It was it was it was, again very destructive. The poor sod must have you know his confidence. One of my uh, early memories as well was we played Norwich in in, in the cup uh, early early seventies against League Cup. Football. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and and again, it's something that sticks stuck in my mind all this time, and I don't know why. <laughs> but Kevin Keelan, yeah, by the way, who was born in Calcutta. Yeah. How I know that, I don't know. <laughs> he come out at half-time. Do you, do you remember the goalies used to put a line in? It? Yeah, halfway along, didn't they? He'd yeah. done that and the ref booked him. And that's a stupid bit of information, but it's stuck in my mind for all these years. Damn it's 40 years, isn't it? Damaging the pitch, yeah. That's stuck right. in my mind. Yeah, yeah, because they played that game in the afternoon because of the power cuts. Is, is that's I, right, yeah, because our teacher was outside trying to catch the hop, hop the waggers. <laughs> Who's your favourite all-time Millwall player? You might have answered that uh, question already. There. Gordon Hill. Gordon Hill. No, no, no. No, no, comes close. No. I mean, every goal that he ever scored was sort of like Georgie Best or Pele to me. I mean, I remember him scoring one where the ball come down, he chest it, kneed it, flicked it over the bloke, run round him and volleyed it. I doubt if he actually did that, but in my mind, that's what he did. <laughs> you wanted him to do that. <laughs> I did, I did, yeah. Anyone no, else you like, pick I, out, Pete? Anyone like over and above Gordon? Anyone else you'd. you'd... Nah, not no, at all. No one else. I wanted to call my first ball Gordon. Right. And my wife wouldn't have it. So my first pub was called Harry after Harry Chris. My second was Alfie after Alfie Woods. You weren't having a Golden. Fantastic choice. No, he was a great player, Golden. It broke my heart when we sold him to Manchester United, but there we Definitely. are. Long, long while ago now. So let's swing to the opposite extreme, Peter. Who's your worst Millwall player you've ever seen in the blue shirt? Um, you pick one out? I can pick a few out. <laughs> uh, I, I, I suppose the two that, for me, for different reasons, I suppose... Probably I spoke of go to three. Tony McCarthy, I just didn't really think was a fo- I thought he was a painter and decorator or something. He definitely <laughs> wasn't a footballer. Um, and the other one was Dave Sinclair from where did he, he come from? The Scottish team. He come down yeah. with uh, who came with Jimmy Nickel, didn't he? he was like Jimmy a bun- Nickel. Bunch and they of... said he was one of the hardest players in the league. And he, he in Scotland, and he used to eat scaffold poles, and he had tattoos on his, his teeth. teeth. Yes, right. And he was awful. <laughs> awful. Paul Goddard was a big letdown for me. 
Yeah, it was and a huge letdown. When down, I yeah. see him in the exec club because he's a scout, I, I do remind him that he was <laughs> our most expensive ever <laughs> it player. Remain, it remains our most expensive player, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's it, really. Good choices. Tony McCarthy is, is a new choice. No one's named him yet. And and, and Davy Sinclair, I think, is always going to be in, in amongst it, isn't he? What's your most memorable match, most memorable game you've ever seen, Pete? Well, I don't know about his most memorable game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, 1992, I only just stopped drinking. I stopped drinking in 91, so I was sober for it, which was a change. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I still am, by the way. Uh, and we played Arsenal away. Yeah, we cup. did. We did, yeah. FA Cup. Yeah. 2-0. Yeah. And that stands and, out. I think it was like that nine. I think it was a ninety-two game. But I know it was that game we won two 0 Was for me was the that that was the pinnacle. Even till today, that was the pinnacle. Uh, I think it's because I had such a hatred for Arsenal mm. and their success that, that 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 for me was it. And and I took my son. My son was only was he was only a child. And took my youngest, uh, my oldest there. He, he come with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. And then I suppose Sheffield Wednesday. Home game at the old ground. We was 2-0 down. We come back with 4-2. 4-2, didn't we? Yeah, blimey. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a, another one. Yeah. That, that, and I took my little nephew, Christopher, there. He's yeah. 30 up now. Um, and Could, I suppose Hull away. Yeah, I mean, that was... That's, when we got promoted, that was uh, another one. They're three that stick out for me. Unusual choices. Most people go for the semi-final, obviously, uh, 2004. But, yeah, that Arsenal game's a fantastic night. That was at, that was at Highbury, wasn't it? And, oh, uh, mate, it was unreal for me. Brilliant, unreal. brilliant night. Yeah, I've got a video and everything. The new den, Pete. Do you like the new den? And does it compare for you with Cold Blow Lane? It's hard one, really. Yeah. It, 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 going to the toilet at, 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 at the old ground, going to, like in the urinal, and then you, it was like, um, I've said this before, I thought it was really funny. It was like Bruce's generation game when you was going away, because it go down, it was just a trough bit at the bottom, and it's like, you know, like, what's coming along next? Is there a cuddly toy? You know, like, all the bit coming down. Uh, but, and, and, I mean that was when they were, I mean, that was before they weren't a metal tray it was just a thing in the oh, ground, just a trough. You know? <laughs> um, I don't think you can beat the character and 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 the atmosphere and and the camaraderie and all that at the new because all seat I think for certain reasons I wouldn't want to go back because I think it would be a backward step yeah. today where we are today with sort of trouble and, and yeah, stuff like yeah, that and yeah. I think it would be a backward step but but Back then, there was no, you know what I mean, the old ground and that, you know, like meeting your pals and being out of walk through and the man throwing the peanuts up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, you know, I just... It has a special place, yeah. Yeah, it's a, but you know, I don't think you'd ever get that, ever get that atmosphere. I mean, we no. played Palace one year and it was, oh, it was a huge crowd and, you know, you could eat the atmosphere it was so much, you know, and... and, and when you played some of the big games, like I mean, I know because there was a lot of trouble in those days. And mm. when you played one of the bigger clubs, that where you thought the, the, the atmosphere was so eerie, you know, it was so eerie. But yeah, yeah, you know, I definitely like to pick. I'd go back to the old ground. I like to pick, but obviously, yeah, I like the new den. I mean, I, I know I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you can. I, I don't like it being called the new den though, because we've been there twenty years. Yeah, no, the, the, well, new, new in the sense of comparing it with the old place, of course. But yeah, the den. I, I mean, I, I quite like the stadium. I, I, I think you know, on your travels, you'll probably say the same. But you see a lot of very soulless um, stadia around the country, and I, I think we do have yeah. character. Um, no, it's not Cold Blow Lane, but it does have a certain something, doesn't it? No, and I think that, I mean, the club were possible to try. I mean, they've, they've tried. Like the bit, the memorial gardens all been done up now, and they put a mill bit around it. And yeah. I think it's gradually when, you know, like people 
complain about things and gradually things get done and you know like a slow process but yeah no i'd definitely i'd say the old, old for me the old ground definitely Nice one. And your all right, the favourite ever Millwall moment as against your match. I mean, I, I, I always distinguish this because I always pick out Paul Stevenson scoring at Liverpool in, in 1988 yeah, no. as a moment, you know. Have you got a favourite moment? I, I put my fan on the ball that one. Yeah. For me, the best thing ever was going on when we got, when we got promoted. Yeah. When we won at Wembley, getting on the pitch. Yeah. Well, officially yeah. allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> and walking about looking at all the fans and it was amazing Yeah. and Kenny Jacket coming over putting his arm around me and lifting my arm aloft and saying <laughs> done it Pete and I got the photo yeah. so that, that was my fan on the board I, I, I didn't I wasn't going to say that one because I just thought it was fan on the boardy stuff but going other than that how I earned my spurs you know like we played Halifax away. First game, we got relegated to the third division. Yeah, I remember that game, yeah, yeah. 70s, and yeah. they, that was the year they started the Millwall Way Sports Club. Yeah. And a few of us, 15, 20, maybe 30, we, we, we boycotted it. We thought we ain't going on that, so we went on our own. <laughs> so we, we went up, me, Johnny Davis was there as always. We, we went on our own, and, and we... We got there, I think we went 1-0 down, we won 2-1, worst ground in the league, Halifax, <laughs> the Shea ground. Shea, yeah, anyway, coming yeah. back, we obviously because it weren't a sports club, we had to make our own way, we had to go back from Halifax to Leeds. Anyway, get the Leeds, <laughs> and when we get the Leeds, we, we get on a train, and there's a buffet car all laid out. Right? It's all laid out, it's got <laughs> the buttered rolls, all rolls with butter on the... <laughs> so obviously, you know, we're thinking, well, maybe they've done it for us. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> So we do no more. We sit down and we start eating the rolls. Then all of, all of a sudden, Gordon Jago come on with the players. He went, lads, lads, it's for the players. And we went, I mean, give us that, Joe. We went, sorry, sorry. We all got up and think. And Gordon Jago, gospel troop, he opened his wallet and he yeah. gave us 15 quid, which was a lot of money then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, go and get yourself a, a, a drink. What a nice touch. What a nice touch. Yeah, and I suppose... Because I, I had no money at the time. I, we I, we used to have we hitchhike it. So we, I hitchhiked yeah. at Burnley, got lift right to the ground. That's a long way, and that's a great lift. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, for me, one of my favourite moments, we played Hull away. Uh, again, it's all 70s stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And we hitchhiked it. Me, my pal, and Anthony Beard, who's um, uh, Teresa Kempster, who's yeah. Kempster's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember the four of us. We we tried to anyway because Danny was my new fan. But what we do, he'd get up north a little bit, then he'd go Man United, and we'd go Millwall. Right. And um, anyway, we get to we get to Hull, and as we get there after he tried to get all the way from London, it ain't easy to get to. Oh no. There's a man who's got a bucket in his hand and a lot like loads of rolls under his arm of paper, and he he gets the roll out and he puts glue on the back and then starts. Match abandoned. <laughs> right now, we hitchhiked it because we had no money. And what we used to do then, we'd, we'd sort of get in with all the cram. And, and, and when you go into the station, when you go through the ticket, but we'd all cram in You'd and surge it. Yeah. So now there's three of us going back, yeah, with no crowd. So we managed to get on the train, all right, no problem. And this, this is what Millwall was for me. You know, we got on the train, no problem. So we're sitting there, we're keeping our eye out for the ticket collector. Yeah, yeah. And then. <laughs> we see the ticket collector come and, and, and he had an hat on you know like he had the little hat on yeah. so me me, I think it was me Anthony and, and oh, I can't remember Johnny Davies probably John was there anyway <laughs> we've got under they used to have the shelves underneath for the suitcases so we've yes. got him there <laughs> right the ticket collectors decided to sit above us <laughs> right 
Anthony Beard has put his hand up and nicked his hat. <laughs> I get cramped. I kick Anthony. Anthony punches me in the face. We're fighting under the thing and we get caught. So the ticket collector takes us out and takes us by the bus and he's given taking our names and addresses and all that. And uh, we're going to get off it and they're going to call the police and all that. And we're only 16, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, at the... Um, buffet there was uh, the two guys standing there and they, they went to the ticket collector what's happening mate and he mm. went well they've caught them blah blah and we said look we've tried out the mill walk we've got no money and we're coming back and they've been racing i think it was market race i'm not sure someone up there and that had yeah. been called off yeah they owned the old caledonian riverboat on oh, the 10th yep yep they give the bloke a fiver they bought us all a pint and a pie and the bloke let us go fantastic you know like and that for me it, it, is it what I miss? Yeah, at Millwall. So that really, yeah, they're they're they're, they're I've got to go on river with them funny ones. Go on river. Well, that's the next question. Might as well keep going, mate. What's your, what's your funniest ever moment? I mean, you've, you've done a few already. You got any? Um, any more? Again, I keep referring to Johnny Davis. <laughs> He's a regular regular refrain in these stories. Isn't he? What we used to do when we used to go away. We used to. I mean, this is not the answer, but we used to make bodies up. Right, so so we'd, go, we'd, be, we'd be on the trial. We used to play a game called Stratislavian Backgammon. I'm going to get stung off the ball for this night. Um, we, we used to play Stratislavian Backgammon. And, yeah. I have to explain the rules of this one. Well, that's what we called anyway. And what we would do, we'd go along and say we saw someone with a big nose, we'd go, right, we'd make a body. We'd say, right, his nose. Then we'd see someone with a poor pair of shoes. We'd go, his shoes, his ears, his ear. And by the time we got wherever we were going, we had the vision of this crazy... <laughs> Crazy man, you know, like, and then we used to sort of have a little bit of a joke with the uh, train spotters, <laughs> a crew, I was always at crew, but one, one of them, we, we played Berry Away one year, we played them three times, we played them at Millwall, we drew, we drew it, one all at Millwall, two all at Berry, yep. we played the third round replay at West Brom and got beat, because that used to play the replay at a, a neutral ground, round, didn't they, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we got beat 2-0, but anyway, we were playing, uh, we were playing, but... Derry and we was up there and one of the, our pals had a terrible start. Right. <laughs> so anyway, we, the game's going on, Millwall score. So we go, yeah, go! Like, anyway, he's going, g g g g g g g By the time he got it out, <laughs> Derry had scored. It was one all. So we just, we just all bundled on him and give him a right idea. You know, like, oh, it's not a right idea. You know, for a laugh. That was very funny. <laughs> and, then, and then another time, I suppose the other one up thing, we played Grimsby and this is my understanding of when the treatment started they were right. like Ray Everest all that little lot were there and <laughs> we got back because they all got all bought them rocks walking sticks and they were all going treatment treatment <laughs> and anyway we're coming back and we're on the train I don't know if you remember Ethel Buck and Elvis like, I remember the name yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, Ethel and Buck were probably in their 80s when they were <laughs> she used to have a sort of tights or whatever they were stockings held up by elastic bands when she wanted a wee she used to go to the stand at the bottom and just open her legs and go <laughs> Fish and chips. So they're fuming, you know. And Elvis, who was a sort of 
the, no doubt the next F1 bus to come along, who was like a bloke in his 40s, he used to go with a shirt and tie onto the game. He stood up, he got his sandwich out, and he, he shouted to the blokes, these sandwiches come all the way from the old tempo, I'll have you know. And it just... You know, like, I was thinking, it's never going to happen again in a million years. But, but that's why I love Millwall, you know. Oh, I'm glad we ain't talking about fan of the Forget fan on the ball, mate. We're out of that. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, um, who's your favourite current player, Pete? Who would you pick? Uh, I mean, my favourite current player. Out um, of squad. Scott McDonald, I think. I think yeah. he's, for me, this season, he's like having a new player. Because I, I, I thought, considering the hype when he come, uh, I thought when he sort of played for a while, I thought he was woeful. I just thought, why have they... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But now, I don't know whether... I mean, obviously, he's not getting the goals, but I, I very rarely see him lose a ball. Yeah. Very rarely see him lose a ball. And always put in a productive... I bet his pass rate's quite high because he gets the ball, goes past a couple of people, but always retains it and manages it to pass it on. So, for me, I, I feel that when we play well, when Scott plays well, Scott Max play, plays, well, yeah. But I'm not a football man. I don't know a lot about football, but that's my idea. Good, no, good choice. I mean, last week we we we, uh, we played Blackburn. I don't think he started that game. It might have been Brentford or Blackburn, was it? I can't mm. remember. But when he did come into the game, really made a big difference. And I, I yeah, make, I, I make I you're think right. You know, got him a new player. I think. Last question on the list. We've we've rattled through these, but last one. I don't know if you want to. Choose your words carefully on this, but your most despised opponent. Who's the bloke you hated the most over the years from opposition sides, Pete? Oh, a, 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 a right person. Well, a, 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 it can be anything you like, actually. Club. Well, I put. I mean, for me, club. I put, teams, I put you know, okay. like Ars, Arsenal. I was jealous of their success for years. Of latter years, Palace have come into it because of their fans. I mean, yeah, they may only be a few miles down the road, but they're like Martians compared to us. I mean, and that, all that ultra turnout and. I, I think, oh my God, you've come from the same city as me. It is I, strange, I, isn't it? They're all very, really very different. It's weird that yeah. such a group of people can be so different and so close. It's like even when people, most people would say West Ham, but I've got a bit of respect for West Ham because their fans, probably, our fans and their fans, or us and them, are more probably the most alike oh, very, fans. Very, very similar fans. Violence, all, yeah. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. is alike. So there is, for me, is a bit of a. Grudging respect, respect, like yeah. yeah, no, I I know what uh, you mean. Yeah, I suppose they're, they're the players, they're, they're the teams really that yeah. I, I really I, I didn't like. Um, as for individual players, um, Don Goodman always used to score against. So I didn't have a lot of time with him at all. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think Collie, I think it was like, I think it was, was it not Collie Moore, um, but Bowie, was it Bowie that played the South End? Oh right, yeah, um... yeah. When we played, I think we played. We played Southampton. I feel oh, like we played the first game of the season. Yeah. At the new ground. Yes. Like the first game of the season. We got beat 4-1, was it? That's right. Yeah. And when he, I never forget, when he scored, he, he made the, the, the W sign. Yeah. Uh, behind the rest back. And all oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, no need, yeah. No need for no, that. And, yeah, I suppose. Oh, good choices. Good choices. Yeah, the football, for me, it's probably, it's, it's probably sort of teams. Yeah. I mean, one of the other guys, you mean going back to, where we went, I remember going to Sheffield one year when we got we got on the train at St Pancras and we started going and the train stopped and we wound up. We got there and we could have got off for half time, but they wouldn't let us off and they made the train go all the way round the loop round Sheffield <laughs> and took us back without getting off. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Throw them into the mix as well then. <laughs> mm. That's our questions, Pete. We've done them. 
It yeah. rat- we've rattled through it, mate. That's that's fantastic. I've got to say, I don't know what I said, but I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I really... hope people get another side. What I'm saying is, I mean, a lot of people, uh, I don't know if we're still taking, but yeah, well, a lot yeah. of people make a presumption on me because of where I sit and what I do. I've earned to sit where I sit. I do enough for people. I do, yeah. But the, I hope they see that I'm, I'm a fan. I, bottom line is, I'm a fan. Whatever happens, when whether it's John Berylson, whether it's the director's doctor, whatever it is, yeah, I'm yeah. a fan. And I'll be I'll be at Millwall and part of Millwall. I believe I've got more right than a lot of people because of my upbringing, because yeah, of the yeah. bond I've got with Millwall. Um, not many people have got that bond. I don't think so. That that that. It was my first different family. It was my first. Both my. Well, I've got two brothers, um, and they go every game home and away. Yeah. My, my, my middle brother, who's like older than me, he's never missed a game, a home game at the yeah. Midlands. Wow. Ever. Wow. Yeah. He's never, and he's probably been about ninety-five percent of the away games. Goes every game. Wow. And uh, and that's what we, we. I mean, even like when when I was ill, when I was on my first lot of chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, was due the day we played West Ham away in the cup. And so what did I do? Did I go to West Ham or did I go to chemo? I rang the chemo people up and I said, look, I can't make it, we're playing West Ham in the cup. And the woman said, do you realise it's could, this could be... Do, do your cut, life. Yeah, cut your life by a couple of weeks. And I went, well, the thing is, it ain't going to matter, is it? I said, a couple of weeks, don't really matter. I'll go to the game and book me in the next week. Because I think, you know, and I know it's... I suppose, like, my wife weren't too pleased. No, I dare say not, no. <laughs> but it, it, it's just how it is. I just, I mean, I've, I've, I've put me all for a lot of things. I mean, I, I, you know, there's certain things in my, my life that come first. Me all being one of them. The other one is, is, is not drinking. They're the things that yeah. I have to keep. I have to keep me all. <laughs> me all, yeah. No, me all means so much to me. When people, you know, worse for me is when I hear people bad mouth. Me all fans bad mouthing us. Yeah, and it, it cripples me. You know, you know, oh, that just cripples me. It's as though they might as well stab me because I, I, feel, I feel it so much when people criticise me. Well, we live in a football world that hates us anyway, and there's plenty yeah. enough out there on the on the other side of the fence. Do it without, yeah. you know, and I suppose the other thing is, is the the the, the, the choice. Of, I've got a word I was going to use, but I can't word it because mm. people might misunderstand it. But where people don't understand the people who run the club, the yeah. people don't understand them. They don't, they get a name and then all of a sudden this name is Satan. Yeah. And they, they go, this man is Satan, you know. Yeah, yeah, And they call him all the names. I've like, never ever met him. It's like no. I took a couple of, I don't know if you saw on Saturday, Kevin um, Woodford, who's a Millwall fan right. from Nottingham, lost his leg on, on the Sir Galahad during the... Okay, one of the, yeah. one of the servicemen. He was yeah. one of the servicemen that brought yeah. the ball out. I, I, you know, I arranged all that, sorted that to make sure there was a Millwall fan. Because then people from Edley Court, great, yeah, but we've got to have a Millwall fan there. Yeah, for so sure. So anyway, he... He, he did that, and even someone else come in, and they spoke to a couple of people that worked at the club. He went, oh, they're quite decent, aren't they? As, as, as though they've they got four heads. <coughs> Some kind of surprise. <laughs> you know I mean? No, it's, so, you're, you're right. Oh, they've got four heads. They're just normal people doing a job, and sometimes they're doing a job that maybe interferes with us people, us fans doing what we want to do when sometimes we're not meant to be doing it. <laughs> I, think it's a con- anyway. I think it's a consequence of the internet, Pete. I don't know if you'd agree oh, with this. Oh, God. Because on the, the internet, internet, on the internet, people deal in cartoon images of other people. So you know, oh. you, you mentioned that you know the club staff. We won't go into any names, but everyone who's in any kind of position of authority at the club on the internet are cartoon villains, aren't they? They are like the Joker, or the, you know, they're the. And, and you think you never actually met these people, and yet no. they want them to be arch villains, people they can pin all their troubles on. I think it's. But my experience, this is my real, like my real time experience, is 
when I've had some sort of issues with people, when I managed to say, "Well, come in," and mm. the brave, the brave ones or the bigger men have said, "Right, I'll come in and meet him." Yeah. And, and then they they able to talk to them and see that they're not. They're, and when the the things are explained. It's like Ken Chapman, for instance. Like mm. everyone goes on about Ken Chapman. This Ken Chapman, that you know the, the mm. incident with the um, the uh, the boy, the boy, like, yeah, yeah. Bill. yeah. Anyway, the kid, whatever happened, happened. The kid was put on this course. So the kids come in. I met him. I met his parents. His parents were really pleased that he was doing the course. He put, they thought it'd help him out. Da, 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 da. Anyway, during the thing, Ken said, "Well, look, what we're trying to do is we'll get you on that." It, this was about there was about four games till Christmas. Mm. He said, what I do, we've got to make something. You've got to miss a few games. Yep. Yeah. Because what you've done, he, don't forget, he admitted to abuse. He didn't admit to racist abuse. No, he admitted to abuse, abuse as against racist yeah, abuse. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so that, that's been done. Now, Ken Chapman said to the kid, I'll tell you what we do. I'll make sure every Monday after the game or the next day after the game, you have a DVD of the game delivered to your house. So we've seen the game. Like, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, if he was yeah. such an animal, we would have tied him up and said, don't ever come back again. But there are these little things that you don't hear or people don't want to hear. No, it doesn't fit in with a cartoon anyway. image, does it? But there we no. are. That's but people for are, you, yeah. mate. Yeah. Pete's been a fantastic interview, mate. Yeah, really, any time. Really appreciate it. Um, you're more than welcome to come back. And, you know, well, any... you could, I would never put... The thing is with me, I would never put myself... No, I know. You, no, I know. My humility means that if someone wants to talk to me, and it's not that I think I'm the big I am... What it is, is I don't think that I am a big I am. And I think it, for me to say, oh, do you want me to do an interview, is ego-driven. Whereas if you come to me and say to me, would you mind? Of course I would. I do, if anyone asked me, I'll do anything. But I would never put myself in the frame and say, look, I want to do an interview. It's election time. I mean, did I ever ask you to do an interview? No, election mate, time? no you didn't. No. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So that's, anyway. I'm just glad that election's over and done with. But we won't, we, we won't go back to that because that's, that's done dusted. Right. Thanks for coming on the show, Pete. Right, That's mate. fantastic, mate. You are our listed lion this week, Pete Cheers. the Garston. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Nick. Fantastic. Bye. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to. Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.